Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. Well, thank you, Jim Nance. We've got one of the good friends of the podcast, J.J. Jakovac, caddy for Colin Morikawa. He's making his third appearance. My thanks to him for, for making some time. It's been a, a crazy week. He's at home for four days, and they're turning around going to Tokyo. So we're going to talk about what's the celebration been like, uh, what were they drinking out of the Claret Jug, all the good stuff, uh, the moments that were crucial to that win, what the win meant to his career. Where does it rank for J.J. Jakovac as a veteran caddy? Remember, he was with Ryan Moore for seven and a half years, and he was part of the clinching Ryder Cup moment in 2016 when his guy Moore got it done for the American team. How many caddies, how many players got that amazing chance? So, anyway, we get uh, into things here with J.J. Jakovac. Before that, I want to talk about Encore Golf. And their golf ball, the Vero X1, if you get a chance, check it out. I was lucky to use it uh, during a round at Oakmont recently, which beautiful place to play golf. Talk about that. But this golf ball is great for a variety of distance, but you also have fuel around the greens and out coming out of bunkers. So chipping, bunker play, you can ask my caddy, Brady. It was rock solid. I, I got to attribute that to just the way the ball is designed, expertly crafted. Uh, for the moment of inertia for distance, but also great feel around the green. So check out EncoreGolf.com, and they're on social media, at EncoreGolf. And on their website, you can use my promo code B, the letter B, Clubhouse, to get 10% off in any order you want of golf balls on EncoreGolf.com. Check it out. JJ Jakovac did this interview with him, wrote a story for CaddyNetwork.com. Check that out when you get a chance to. Really fun insight, and we'll get to it here on Beyond the Clubhouse. I am pleased to be joined by my next guest, and it's J.J. Jakovac, and a huge win at the Open Championship with his player, Colin Morikawa, coming off of that. J.J., first of all, you're back home in, in Vegas. How are you feeling? Uh, I feel good. A little tired. I mean, it was a what an incredible day. I mean, can't beat that birthday present, but, um, you know, eight eight hour time difference. So I've been last two mornings, I've been up at about 3.30 in the morning. So a um, little jet lag, but feeling good. Thanks. No, absolutely understandable. It takes a little time to get uh, back to that. What to you, like what moments stick out from an amazing week at St. George's? Um, well, I mean, winning the tournament is probably the one that sticks out the most. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, uh, the last hole, um, getting that five wood in the fairway, getting a great shot off the tee with a two shot lead. And then um, to be honest, I wasn't really, I didn't, think ahead too much until he hit that next shot on the green. And once that was on the green, I was like, all right, this is a done deal. And um, just kind of letting him walk up the, up the fairway with the, you know, bleachers and grandstands completely packed with people. It was a really cool atmosphere to see. And um, just very different than the first major that he won because of the fans and because of the atmosphere, you know, I mean, obviously it's still awesome to win any major, but just the whole scene on the 18th green was pretty darn special. Mm -hmm. what about like the start for you guys i know there were saves on three and four like a lot of up and ins i mean what was that like kind of early to write the ship 
Yeah, I mean, it was it, four was. I mean, three is a really, really tough hole, no matter what. It, it, you know, it's into the wind. It's two hundred and twenty yards. Not really much room for error. So he didn't hit too bad of a shot in there, and had a really nice uh, up and in. But then four was this was his first loose shot of the day into a pretty bad spot. And um, I mean, it's basically just shows his willingness to compete and to um, really. It shows his competitiveness and not his competitive side, but just his, his, um, and then 10 and 10 and 15 were the two big, I think big moments of the round were 10 and 15. I mean, he hit those, both those balls into bad spots and they were massive momentum keepers, you know, like we were, we had the momentum on our side and we that shot on 10 and could have went sideways. And then the one on 15 was a really tough up and down and just, you know, shows his championship moxie, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously the timing of two of making that putt on 15, like, like closing that out, uh, getting that save. I mean, that, that was probably huge for momentum. I'd imagine. Right. Yeah. It was kept all the momentum with him. It was massive. I mean, I said the same thing after, after we won the PGA, when we made that Eagle, everyone says how big the shot, the driver was on 16. But I always, I always said like, Hey, he was really important. He had to make that putt too, because the two shot lead in, in, with three holes to go in a major is way different than one. So, you know, Jordan was making his run and he, he had just birdied 13 and 14 and we made the long putt on 14. So to make that par save on 15, what meant everything really coming down the stretch, it was having a two shot. Like I said, two shots are, it doesn't seem like a, it just seems like it's only one stroke, but it's a long way away from one and two shots. Cause you, cause you have room to, you know, you have room to make one mistake if you coming down the stretch, not that he did, but it's nice to know that you have that space. Mm. When you mentioned uh, coming down the stretch and then of course the fans different than Harding park, the fans serenading you in 39th birthday wishes. How was that <laughs> for you? Uh, it was pretty cool. It was incredible. Yeah. I had a feeling he would say something honestly, just cause I knew he, you know, he knows it's my birthday and, um, I thought he might say, I didn't know if he would say happy birthday. I just thought he'd say thanks, you know, when he was saying all of his thank yous, but then he said it's my daddy's birthday and they all started singing. It was pretty crazy. Um, I don't think I'll ever get that again. 30,000 people singing happy birthday, but um, it was uh, pretty special. Definitely. Yeah. Was there any kind of like pinch you moments after the win, like the day after where you guys are like, wow, like how, how we, we did it. This is crazy. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of little ones. Like we were at the lounge at the airport the day, the next morning. And um, a lot of the guys from the tour and caddies were at the lounge flying on the same flight through Atlanta that we were. So, you know, we show up and we got this box and they're like, Hey, what's in the box. They're just joking around. Obviously they know it's in the box. So they, they got the trophy out and kind of passed it around and checked it out. And um, that was a pretty cool moment, you know, had, four or five PGA tour players just kind of passing around and looking at it. Um, but not, I mean, we had to, we had a little celebration dinner last night, which was fun. His coach and agent came out here to Vegas where we both live and, uh, my wife and, and Colin's girlfriend and, um, and another one from his management team came, came and we had a nice dinner and drink a little, uh, little Dom Perignon out of the Claret jug. So, um, yeah, it was nice. So that was here in the States. What about back in the UK? Like what in the immediate aftermath, what were you guys drinking out of the Claire Chuck? 
Uh, we just put a little bit of, um, uh, we were back at the princess, which was where we stayed for the week of the tournament, which was incredible. It's right next door to Royal St. George's and they have a little golf lodge there and, um, some other players and caddies were staying there. So we went, went back that night after he did all his media and hung out with, uh, uh, Cameron Smith and Max Homa for a little bit and their caddies. And, um, yeah, just had a couple, couple beers out of it and that was it. So we had to get on the road. We had to drive two and a half hours to we had to drive two and a half hours to London that night. So we didn't get we didn't get settled in until one a.m. or two a.m. Man, so so we're just want a local beer, a little local English beer in there, or what? <laughs> um, yeah, it was a uh, some sort of lager. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what it was. Mm. Um, when when things are really rolling well for you, um, where where do you find your voice with Colin? Like, is it when he's playing really well? Or is it more when um, when he's ner- nervous? How do you kind of read that in terms of when you're supposed to kind of chime in and, and help him out? Or what's that dynamic? Um, yeah, that's a we, – we, it doesn't actually – like he, he likes to know a lot of information, like a lot. And he likes to talk about – I don't know if you can tell, but it, it's, it's not just when he's – that coming down the stretch leading a tournament that we're talking through every single shot. He, we do that like the whole tournament at even at tournaments where he's finishing 30th, we're talking about start lines and numbers and how far it's playing and what the wind's doing. And, and he, he likes to be super precise, I guess I'll say. So he's very, uh, he's very information oriented. He wants to know a lot of things and you gotta be ready, you know? Yeah. Yeah, with, with what he's looking for. Well, the thing is, like, information-oriented, you're going into Lynx golf. For a guy like him, he had never really gotten into it until the Scottish Open before, or the week before the Open. So how did your guy do this? You know what I mean? You never see this. Yeah. Um, he's a quick learner, obviously. Um, he – the I, I really – I mean, it's a cliche, but it was really a super valuable experience at the Scottish. I mean, he made the cut and then – didn't play well on the weekend was three putting missing lots of putts. His speed was very bad, but, um, you know, use it as a learning experience and try to figure out how to get better at it. And yeah, it's pretty crazy how quick he did get better at it. And, um, but again, I talked to his agent about it last night. I'm like, man, I didn't realize how valuable going over there a week early for him would be until we were actually there. And I, and I saw for myself things, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So, things that he needed to learn he learned and he's uh did it quickly and um yeah i mean it was uh and, and i think um we've kind of been trending that direction though because we've been like just say we've been um practicing a lot with chipping with a five wood around greens because there's a even though it's not links golf there's a lot of courses we play on the pga tour that have really fast runoffs and things like that, where you can actually play that sort of on the ground shot sometimes. So it's something that he's been developing for a while. Um, even not on links golf, we still play the same type of shots sometimes around the greens that you need there. So, and then also it wasn't, um, to be fair, we had such good weather. It wasn't a absolute grind and survival. Like sometimes an open can be, um, funny thing was he actually got the bad side of the draw. I don't know if you saw that, but he won the tournament, but he he was in the he was in the bad side of the draw, which was a little over two shots of a difference, which is a massive amount for. A, I mean, it, there's obviously been a worse draws, but that that's that's <laughs> quite a that's quite a few shots for for a 
a separation between two waves, you know? Mm. Well, and also the week of the open championship, I had heard that you had encouraged him to get back to standard grip on longer putts. Is that what it was? I mean, I just, we, we were practicing um, practice rounds and I, I knew that was a weakness week before. So, you know, I dropped balls on the greens and practices and put a little plastic cup down and we practice, you know, to different hole locations that we think might be. And he was still struggling a little bit with the speed. We added some weight to it, to, to his putter, to give it a little more mass, to give it a little more easier to give it a hit. Um, and then finally, yeah, on Wednesday, I was just like, why don't you just grab it conventional and just, you can get a little more load on the shaft because the whole reason you, you putt with a claw is so there's no manipulation and it's a pendulum to kind of stroke. It's very hard to get any real hit on the ball. So yeah. when you when you, when you grip a conventional, you can play it more like a real golf shot and get a little lag in the, in the shaft. And so he did that a couple of times and he just instantly, it matched up what his eye was seeing. So it, it helped a lot. Man, I mean, there's a little thing sometimes, but there you go. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Equipment mm-hmm. too. So obviously he had had uh, some, some slightly different clubs. Was it the seven through the wedge? He had made seven through not just seven through nine iron. He went from the blade to the, um, Oh, I don't even know what it's called. It's P, uh, PMC, maybe the tailor made PMC. So it's a little bit of a more muscle back cavity. Um, still players club, not a lot of offset, but just the sole was actually a little thinner, which seemed to give him better uh, turf interaction on his short irons because playing off the firm tight lies. Um, he just felt like with his blades, he wasn't getting the right contact on the ball. So um, put him in on Monday had him Taylor made make him up a couple the nine through well actually they, they made him the wedge through seven but he ended up only putting in the nine through seven and we were on the range on Monday and he instantly liked them and felt like how they were coming off and track man said the numbers were good and the spin was good so that actually only took 20 minutes actually you know he put him in and said yep this is what I was looking for so it was nice man uh where does where does a, a week like this rank for you in your in your caddying career where do you put it? Number one. Yeah. I mean, I've always liked the, the open championship the best out of any major. Um, I always like cat. I like that kind of golf. I like Lynx golf. I like the challenge of it. I, um, I love the fans over there. The fact that fans are back. Um, yeah, it's, it's gotta be number one happened on my birthday. I mean, everything. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, the history. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, what about looking ahead? Colin Morikawa Tracker on Twitter at, wanted me to ask you, what are you, what are you guys uh, looking forward to with the Olympics? I mean, this is a crazy thing. You're leaving on Saturday. This is just happening so quickly. But what are you looking forward to, JJ? Yeah, we knew it was going to be a crazy stretch of golf coming up with, you know, going over there and then going home for four days and to the Olympics and then back to Memphis after Tokyo. So, um, I mean, I'm just looking forward to competing. It's not, it, you know, we just know, we know what the Olympics stand for, but we're not going to have a normal Olympic experience. We can't go to any other sporting events. We're going to be in a golf oriented hotel with, that's going to be just golf course and hotel. So, I mean, it's going to be amazing to represent the country and he's going to be there and do our best to win a medal, but it's obviously going to be a very different experience than maybe what happened pre-pandemic or post-pandemic so um yeah i'm just looking forward to the, the competition part because that's all we're really going to do <laughs> is go there compete and then leave so yeah 
now it's it's going to be crazy a whole different type of olympics man um yeah. What about uh, flying back commercially through Atlanta? I'm sure you probably saw the Matt Adams photo of uh, <laughs> Colin dragging the, yeah. uh, the suitcase that is hard to, what, what did you make of that? It was a long journey back and, and he, he's flying, he's flying commercial back at least to Atlanta before you got jumped on your, your individual flight. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, was, I mean, yeah, I don't, I mean, why wouldn't you fly back? We had the flight already booked and, um, it was pretty funny. I mean, there was a guy at security um, when we were good back in Atlanta. Um, Cause at the, at that point, after we, um, after we got our stuff, stuff went through customs, I was leaving and the guy, one of the guys that was the customs officers right before you leave the baggage claim um, was like, what's in, what's in that box. And I was like, the claret, ju- the claret jug. And he's like, the what? And I said, the claret jug. And he said, what's that? I said, it's the trophy they give you if you win the open. He's like, what's that? I'm like, don't worry about it, man. And then his buddies, his buddies that were his, uh, his like cohorts over there, they, they knew, they knew who Colin was. So they're like, no, no, it's good. It's his fine. It's fine. It's fine. So yeah, we just, we just walked, we just walked by, but. Yeah. It's, that's crazy that El- certain people would know you're in England. You should know this is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> did you get a, a birthday gift from Colin at all on the 39th or was it just more sharing it, sharing the moment? Uh, yeah, he won the open for me, which was, that was a good birthday gift. Best one I've ever gotten. So I would consider that. Yeah, that was a good one. Gotcha. Um, so I was going to ask you the caddies. There's so many caddies you're close with on tour and mentors guys over the years. What has the response been like from your fellow caddies from your, your biggest moment as you just called it? Um, just a lot of, you know, congratulations and some sarcasm, like, you know, text, text, like hang in there, you'll catch a break and things like that. Um, (laughs) but no, ever, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, it is like a, you know, it's a nice family and it's a a lot of good people out there, a lot of good guys out there. And, um, you know, the bottom line in caddying is you, you're only as good as your player and, and I got a really good player. So it's, uh, pretty fortunate and, um, everyone's been really happy for me and happy for us. And I mean, Colin's an easy guy to like, so, that's, you know, that's kind of been the reaction is everyone's pretty happy for him and happy for us. Mm. Well, he gets so many mentions of being like wise beyond his years, his, his mental approach, his attitude. W- what do you really see with Colin in terms of um, just, just something that you, that you think fans should, should know more about him? Um, yeah, just that he's a really good guy, a really good normal guy. I mean, he, he's considerate. He's, polite he's just a nice normal guy and um he just happens to have a little bit of a killer instinct that you can't really see but it's there he's a he is a competitor um a very 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 good competitor he just hides it well Hmm. Well, I like that you mentioned that competitor. And I would think about conversations on the course Saturday. I know you guys had to really, after the front nine on Saturday, you really had to make a run to really get into the mix again. And were there any key conversations, whether it was Saturday or Sunday that come to mind with, with his killer instinct going, you know, just really going after it and, and getting himself into position? I mean, not really. He did, he did have a little bit of a rough start on Saturday, like you said, and, um, it was more of just like re- we just kind of reset and said after number six we were just like all right let's just go take a one shot at a time start over start right here and then yeah then he ends up 
knocking a three wood on the green on seven and two. And then instantly it was like, okay, he's back. And, um, but not really any conversations or anything, just kind of re settled down, took a deep breath. And it was a long way to go in the tournament. So, um, that was nice, uh, change in momentum there on going from two over through six to birdieing seven and eight, and then kind of getting right back into it. I'm sure for you, it would have been a whirlwind there, right? In the immediate aftermath, right? After the singing of the happy birthday and and him giving a speech. Um, I know you guys didn't speak very much to each other as you kind of put the the pin back in, but when that very first conversation with Colin after kind of things settled down, what what was that kind of, uh, how cool was that moment just to share it with him and, and talk about it briefly? It was awesome. I mean, we had dinner, we had dinner afterwards and we just kind of relived it a little bit and just talked about, I talked about how clutch, you know, how many clutch shots he hit and stuff. And he was talking about, I was asking him about nerves and all the things that go with it. And um, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a cool evening um, to share the, to share the moment of winning that. I mean, it's a, it's a huge, another huge moment in his, in his young career. And um, it was a, it was fun to kind of pick his brain and, and hear what he had to say about it. I mean, it's, he, he didn't surprise me with any of his answers. He was just saying, you know, I just was super focused and I was into one shot at a time and all the cliches you talk about, but that's kind of how you have to get, that's where you have to get, you know, mentally and focus wise in a situation like that. In fact, the one of the, I told him one of the most impressive shots he hit was I thought number 17 out of the first cut with the two shot lead it was like a little, yeah. it was downwind. It was sitting down in the first cut, which is a jumper of all jumpers, but then you, you can't land it up top. But then if you hit the ball up in the air and you land it short, it won't climb that big false front. So he ended up like playing a real lengthy feely shot. He just hit like a chip shot over the bunker and landed it short of the green so that it would, he didn't have speed on it. So it would spin even less and go a little lower. So it just bounced and rolled right up that hill. Like perfect. Just under the hole. It was like such a good shot under the, <laughs> Under the circumstances, like, I was just – I told him right when I gave him the putter, I'm like, that was a big-time golf shot. Like, you know. Um, so that was one of the most impressive shots also that he hit. Yeah. Because it wasn't a – because he's a, you know, a, he's a he's a machine. That's what he's touted. He's one of the best iron players ever probably. But um, that this was the opposite of that. This was all feel, all – reaction to this to the lie and, and the, what he had to do it wasn't a pure seven iron from 175 that just like went three feet it was a all feel links type shot so it was, it was cool mm. uh vlad vlad bello on twitter said was there much discussion about the reads on the clutch putts on 14 and 15 between you guys was it, what was that like uh 14 i didn't read i, I read a lot of putts uh with him over the last especially two days, um, most of the week, really just mostly confirming. Um, yeah, 15, 15 was a big one. We, he was a sneaky, tough read. Um, it seems from first glance that it's going to have a lot of right to left in it. Like it's going to swing off there, but there was some kind of pitch kind of holding it from the front left side of the green. That was like holding it straighter. So we both read it. He was pointing out his spot and I was actually slightly lower, um, maybe like a ball lower from where he was pointing. And I said, I just think it's going to hold there a little better or whatever. And um, you'd have to ask him, I don't know if, where he thought he hit it, but he made it right in the middle and he came back and said, good read. So I think it was, um, I think it, 
he probably went somewhere in between where we were looking. I just thought he was a little high. He probably went, thought I was a little low. So we just kind of probably went in between and um, made it right in the middle. And it was a, that was a tricky read for sure. Yeah. Well, we talk about conversations over important putts and stuff, but I got to ask you though, like, is there a Giants or a Dodgers? That's another question on Twitter. Is there a Giants or Dodgers banter or, or what's the, what's the best topic of banter between you guys typically? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's, we, we just, you know, talk a little bit of trash about, about baseball and stuff, you know, payrolls and, um, but they've, they've both had such success, um, recently that there isn't really yeah. much, you know, <laughs> all of our team is really, cause he's a Lakers guy and uh, obviously I'm a Warriors guy. So there's been success on both sides in the recent past. So it's not like I can, you know, give him too much crap for that but um not really we don't uh just a little bit we played a little gin on the airplane on the way back so there's a little bit of trash talk in there but um yeah not too much gin rummy yeah just gin gin rummy isn't gin a little different gin you keep the cards in your hand the whole time so yeah so who who ended up on top or what was the back and forth there (laughs) I, I, I i i took it down i took it down barely it was very close Nice. Nice. Well, Hey, uh, JJ, great, great hanging out with you here, here for a little bit in the aftermath of, uh, the big win. Like you said, this is the biggest moment of your career. So, um, yeah. and as I wrap that up, like wait, wait, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, when you got grandkids, what are you really going to remember about, um, what's the most special aspect of, of, of the week or what image would come to mind? Just, just being, uh, it's not, it's not really an image, but I think, but well, I mean, there, there is images, there's images of him finishing, putting out, waving to the fans. I mean, that, that'll stick with me, but just being, you know, in a major, uh, my favorite major on Sunday on a beautiful day on a great golf course with the back nine, with the lead and just remembering shots and performance, the way he performed under that kind of pressure and being so, you know, focused and, and meshing really well um, on every shot. It's probably, you know, something that I'll never forget, you know, that's, but that's, that's where you want to get to. That's the goal to do that more often, you know, get in that exact spot and perform like that. So um, just the, the entirety of the week, really, but the back nine on Sunday, you're so focused and you're, you're nervous, you're excited. You're, it's just a different feeling, even, even for me, you know, Um, even though I'm not playing, I'm, I'm watching him play, but have to be at that same kind of level of focus and um, commitment, you know? Yeah. The, the party on Tuesday night last night, was that at Colin's house there in Vegas or where, where'd you guys, where'd you guys at the party? No, we just went to Morimoto down at MGM. Uh, oh, okay. The restaurant down there. Yeah. Nice. And then uh, just lastly, as you said, there was so much going on late at night uh, driving. You had to, you guys celebrated, then you drove uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. back to London. To London. You're on a different time zone. You had the greatest moment in your career. Were you on the phone talking to friends or family or anybody else? I would have, I, I'd be blowing people up. Like, this is great. I mean, feel this emotion. What was it like for you? Yeah. I mean, it was, I have, you know, you know how our, we work now with text messaging. So I was just trying to return 230 something text messages, um, you know, cause it's 11, what, whatever, 11 PM when we got in the car to go to the airport, which was, which is like what time two in the afternoon in Vegas and on the West coast. Yeah. So everyone was texting and um, waiting to hear back from me. So I'm going to talk to 
I tried to call my dad. He was, um, he's out of cell phone service. He's up fishing somewhere in the mountains. So he probably doesn't, I, I don't think he still knows we won the British Open. Um, <laughs> and talked to my mom and my wife and kids and that was about it. Everything else was just trying to get, return a million text messages. So well deserved. what we were, we were doing on the whole drive. <laughs> oh my gosh. Technology got it. Got us keep up yeah. with everybody. Great yeah. stuff, JJ. Awesome to have you on and uh, really good luck to you uh, going to the Olympics and the rest of the summer, man. All right. Thanks, Garrett. Talk to you later. I just absolutely love the insight there from JJ Jakovac. What a week it was for him at the Open Championship. So much for them to look forward to. If, you, if you're caddying for Colin Morikawa, how fired up do you have to be? about his potential this guy what a great player he is uh, an awesome bag to have so my thanks to jj jakovac for joining us here on the pod hope you enjoy it there's gonna be a lot of videos coming out on the youtube channel keep an eye out for that i know i haven't uploaded uh the last couple interviews but we're definitely gonna upload this one with jj a lot of fun little moments the little snippets you'll see on youtube check out twitter as well at johnston garrett and, and on Instagram, we're going to have some video content from JJ. Some of the best of uh, from those videos. So we'll get to it soon. I hope you have a great week, and we'll talk to you again soon on Beyond the Clubhouse. <laughs>